Perfect. Right now, everything should be good. Awesome. So, where are you? You said it's your first time. Where? Uh, I'm in Hawaii right now. Oh so, shit! Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I just got into Hawaii yesterday. Um, and, yeah, and uh, it's it, they. My sister was like, "When you get out here, it's unbelievable." Like they say, like, "Oh, it's beautiful," and so she's like, "No, it is. It's like a postcard." Is it? Is that how you feel? Yeah, it's it's. I've. I mean, I just got in last night and. I'm staying like I'm like right on the water so it's like beautiful I just went for a walk on the beach this morning and it is absolutely gorgeous everywhere I feel like you should have said no to this podcast and just enjoy the life <laughs> <laughs> it's a zoom podcast yeah <laughs> no I uh I'm I'm I as much as I'm out here and really want to enjoy it I do want to get some work done because uh, I'm just yeah. I mean we're just going off the holidays and I really was it's my first time like going home for Christmas in like 10 years and so I was like you know what really enjoy it spend the time with the family but you have that like gnawing thing inside you that you're like I'm slacking I'm slacking right now oh my god that I for the first time since I started the podcast took two weeks off for the holidays releasing episodes and shit yeah. and I literally it's that feeling yeah you're like ah <laughs> like, I was like you know you're a workaholic right and i'm yeah. like shut up but you kind of have to be you kind of have to be but also there's another podcast i listen to that they always take the holidays off and i li- i never stop listening to them and they always grow so i'm like dude just relax it'll be fine it'll be fine it's like if, if i don't post every day uh, and i still was posting i still was doing like the like you know a lot of creators do like our top 10 videos of, of 2022 i was doing yeah. that stuff to fill that gap and 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 all those videos perform well because they're your best pieces of content. Um, but I still was feeling like I was slacking big time. Like I wasn't writing any jokes. I wasn't doing any stand up when I was back home. Um, I like never take breaks from stand up. Um, but and that's also why I'm out in Hawaii is to do shows out here. So I'm even at out the blue here note, right? I'm I'm at uh, the playground uh, tomorrow. That's in Maui, and then I'm at Blue Note um on the 7th which is the saturday um that's yeah so that i'm i've got two shows in in hawaii that's awesome that's crazy but no it's that thing where i also can't i'm so bad at listening to my own shit like i can't list stand my own voice like going back and watching old shit i'm like (laughs) i I literally can't do it cutting clips it's so bad I'm so dude, I'm such an anomaly with that. I when I watch my own shit, I'm always like, this is great. This is awesome. <laughs> I love this. Like, <laughs> watching my old stand-up clips, I'll be like, this is fire, man. <laughs> and it's totally, it's like I'll watch my my TikToks, all that kind of stuff. And that's just me. Like I have everyone I talk to hates watching their own shit. I hate showing my shit to people. I hate someone mm-hmm. being like, oh yo, like you're that guy from TikTok, like. Oh, show me a video of yours. Or someone will recognize me and they'll be with their friend. They'll be like, oh, you got to watch this guy's shit and like show their me a video of me to a guy while I'm just standing oh, there. Oh, Whenever yeah. that happens, mm-hmm. I go like, I'm like, I got guys stop. I'll go stop. I'll like watch it another time. I was like, I can't do this right now. Well, it's, it's funny you said that because when I asked you, um, we had done the show together a couple, like probably six months ago or whatever. But when I yeah. asked you, you're like, I don't know anything about rap music because I was trying to like explain what this podcast is because like this podcast is 
I like people will recognize me in the underground rap world, but that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. no one like when someone tries to explain who I am to anyone else, it's kind of like it's just me sitting there while they list off names that that person has never heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you interviewed this guy and this guy and this guy. And this person's <laughs> like, I'm not into the underground rap like you think I am <laughs> at all. At all. <laughs> But that's, that's funny you said you never take time off from stand-up because that's something that, like, I've been trying. It's so hard to balance the two. Yeah, and I, everyone says this with stand-up where it's like you, it's it's not like riding a bike. Like, every time you take time off, it's so hard to get back into it. Like, even just taking two weeks off, you feel rusty. Uh, and it is true. I don't know what it is exactly. Part of it is, like, remembering all your jokes, but you usually remember most of your jokes. I think the part that is the rust is like there's this i don't know this like wavelength that you get when you're on stage where you're like connected to the audience or in the moment kind of stuff like every now and again you see a comic and they're just in the pocket and everything they say they're riffing their jokes are hitting their timing's perfect i think you lose that sense that mm -hmm. is what drips away and that's why you constantly got to be getting on stage um i think as you get deeper into it it's easier to take the breaks because you're getting way more stage time like if i only do like i'm out here in hawaii i'm only doing two spots in hawaii so i got my show on wednesday and then my show on on saturday so i'm not going out every single night and doing stand-up but each one of those shows is going to be me on stage for an hour so in comparison to a lot of stage time i was doing before where maybe i was only getting up a couple times a night or twice a night like when i was in toronto maybe you get up three times a night and you're doing like seven minute spots i'm doing pretty much a a, a week's worth of stand-up in that amount of time yeah it's funny yeah. that going back to like the flow state of being on stage, I was just watching your clip of talking about doing mushrooms on stage. Oh, I yeah, had done yeah. that once. And that's when you really do realize the like energy of an audience. Yeah, I haven't done when I did that. I was like so green into stand up. That was probably like eight years ago or something. Like I was only like maybe about like two years in. Um, but it uh it, it so i didn't really get to grasp of what was going on i just felt terrified the entire time yeah. but um i definitely have been intoxicated on other things on stage i usually try to perform sober that's my rule perform sober because mm -hmm. anything i i create on stage i don't want to need a substance to recreate but when i'm doing a show where like something's on the line that's when i like an enhancement that's when i'll have a drink Oh, cut out for a second. Everything is super easy. When you can lower all those inhibitions and really get into the zone. Oh, sorry. Am I back? Oh, Am I back? Am I back? Uh, you're frozen. Back? There you go. Now you're back. Okay. Shit, I was on a fucking sick tangent there. I too. know. I kept getting, I kept <laughs> Where getting did I the, cut like, out? Little, the little bits of the tangent, but I missed the whole thing. <laughs> um. But yeah, I was, I yeah, I was, what I was, was just, uh, I'd like to perform sober because going on stage sober, I don't need, I don't want to need a substance to get into the state of mind or be able to do, do stand up. And also I'm going out every single night doing multiple shows. That's a lot of drinking or, or yeah. consuming if I need a substance every time I go on stage. Um, do you smoke? But if, 
a, a bit. I, I'm a really casual smoker. I used to smoke a lot more, but it, me and weed have never had a great relationship. I get paranoid very easy. It's very easy for me to smoke too much. I love to get high before going to the movies. That's like one of my favorite things just mm. to sit high in a movie theater and just like zone out. Um, But uh yeah i don't smoke i definitely don't smoke before going on stage that's just a uh like a gonna be a terrible show for everyone yeah i feel like i'm we... like oh we good yeah yeah we're good i think we're good all right cool cool i was no i feel like i get like i smoke a lot like that's kind of this podcast is called bucked up i like to smoke like but then <laughs> It's like before shows, people will come see me and I'll smoke so much. I'll just get so high because it's like that's the thing that it's like, yeah. oh, God damn it. Now I'm in this state and when I have to go up on stage. Yeah, no, I that's something I never like to do. I it's uh, for me, it just uh, I'm not comfortable enough high to be able to do that intense of a thing to, be able to perform in front of people. Uh, I. I need to have some sort of uh okay, we're back. Yep. All right, cool. Yeah. Here, I can try and move my laptop to another spot. Let me see if this works. There, I should be able to hear you now. Perfect. You hear me now? There, I can hear you. Sorry, this lighting is bad. Do you want no, me to I do it? not care. I just okay. feel bad that your first time in Hawaii, you're doing a Zoom podcast from the bathroom. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's how like, you expect. You thought you were going to be fucking luau girls. You thought you were going <laughs> to. You got to get it all in, man. It's a it's going to be a multifaceted trip. We'll fuck some luau girls in the back end. You get the work done on the front end. That's how it's going to be. Work first, then you play later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, work during the day. The nights get crazy. Exactly, dude. Exactly, bro. See, I right feel like on. when you pull up to cities, it's probably way more fun than when I pull up to cities. Because I feel like you pull, like, because of just what you do. Mm -hmm. Well, what's, I don't know, what's your experience like? I, it's just a lot of rap studios, which is cool. I enjoy listening to it, but it's not like, I feel like you get some crazy shit. I was, even on that video, you just posted with the girls dancing to Drake literally right before yeah. you got on. I was looking at your comments. I was like, damn, these chicks are wild in your comments. Yeah, no, it's always a fun time. Let me tell you, the audience <laughs> that I've cultivated loves to fucking party and get fucked up and all sorts of shit like that. It's good and bad. Like it's a double edged sword because some people only want to just come to the shows and get fucking wrecked with me. And then every now and again, you get like really shitty people come to the shows. You just don't know how to behave in public and get totally trashed. And we'll try like the club is usually really good about like shutting that shit down they'll go and fucking uh take kick these people out or whatever but every single show i do there's a few people or a lot of people or at least one person there who's like let's get fucked up or some chick is like i want to suck your dick which is like <laughs> it's great like i can't complain about that but Who it's, are the it's crazier self fans the guys or the girls um the guys are definitely crazier because the girls like every now and again, a girl will come up to me and she'll be like, Hey, you taking me home? Like what's up? And they're like, just like, they're, they're like uh, coming to get, uh, catch the pipe, which is like fucking uh, God bless them. Um, <laughs> but, 
the dudes are the ones that are like, bro, let's fucking do a bunch of shots. Let's get super fucked up. I got some fucking blow on me. That I've definitely had dudes come up to me and be like, oh, yo, fucking do a, let's do a bump. And me be like, oh, no, man, I'm not going to do a bump. And they're like, oh, what? So you're like, you're a fucking poser. You're a poser. <laughs> and I'm like, no, dude, I just don't want to do your, like, I don't fucking know you, dude. I don't yeah, do I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny. I used to say like, oh, uh, like, I've never done Coke because I just don't like I'm already high energy. And then I was like, yeah. oh, I'm not a caffeine person. But now like I'm drinking coffee right now. Like now I'm addicted to caffeine. And now I'm like, damn, I hope I don't go all the way. No, no, no. no. You, Coke is something no one should ever touch. Honestly, I'm looking to go like pretty clean going into 2023. I want to do like a few months of sobriety and like just like obviously like California sober. Like I'll still fucking uh, do psychedelics. The psychedelics are good. Psychedelics are medicine. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to get off a lot of the sauce and stuff and really focus on the work and the craft. Like I feel like those are the important things because it's very easy to get caught up in that loop of being like, oh, let's all go out and get fucked up. Let's try and fuck these girls. Let's do whatever the fuck we're trying to do. And when you do it a few times, you realize it's the same thing every time. Either you get kind of too fucked up, you go home with no one, or you uh, you go home with some like random girl. And like you, and then you don't progress in any area. You don't get smarter. You don't get better at your craft. You don't get, uh, you lose days because you're like hungover and feeling shitty. So it's very fun for a bit. But the result isn't really worth anything. And I'm also trying to shift that in the content I create because I don't want to come off false. I don't want to be creating content. I stopped creating content about doing coke because I rarely touch it anymore. And I'm trying to never touch it again. That's funny. I, I didn't even realize that you did content about do I just that's uh, just came up like that. No, I used to. I used to do content about doing coke, like not a ton, but it was in the mix. I'm. I don't think I'm ever gonna do it because literally every single person that I tell that to who does it or has done has been like, it's not worth it. And I'm like, that's not, not. That's not a good like way so, to sell yeah. something, you know? It's it's too expensive, and the good feeling versus the like hangover your hangovers are brutal from it and one thing i've noticed as i've gotten older is you get like the what i call the like the sad after like you get like the big sad like it's you just feel you're you've drained a bunch of your dopamine so you just feel down and when i was younger that would last for maybe like less than a day and it wouldn't even it, now it lasts for like multiple days uh, where you just feel like kind of unmotivated and shitty and like down and there's nothing you can really do to fix it. I psychologically know that I'm like, I just need to wait for like my tank to fill back up on this, on this, this uh, on this dopamine so I can get back on track. Uh, and it's shitty to lose time like that. And you understand, like, when you're a self-starter kind of person, you created your own podcast, you built your own thing, and you built, you're like, you have to be working all the time. You have to constantly yeah. be doing shit because no one's going to pick up the slack for you. Um, so when no, you are it's losing like the workaholic days, mentality, but you have to have that. Like, yeah. And when you, when you're losing days because you are fucked up, it's a, a, a it's not worth it. So I am trying to steer away from that, steer away from putting that in my content, steer away from talking about it uh, uh, a, a, on not necessarily talking about it on stage. Talk about old stories are fine as long as, as I'm uh, qualifying them as old stories, but I'm trying to shift in a different direction. I'm trying to talk talk about use my pers comedic perspective on different things because understanding that the thing people come to see isn't 
uh, me talking about getting fucked up or me talking about uh, drugs or something like that, which has been like a piece of my content. It's never been the whole thing, but it's because they come for the jokes. They come yeah. for the comedy and I can apply that comedy to anything. Um, I still want to stay in my sensibilities of the things I enjoy. Uh, but uh, I want to remove some of the self-destructive aspects of my life. And I don't want to pretend like I'm still consuming them because I feel like that's just a disingenuous thing to do to the audience. That is a really funny thing that I feel like a lot of people who are creatives go through is like you do, you party in the beginning so you don't have to put your mindset towards the work. And mm -hmm. then you're like, I don't care. I'm going to work anyway. And the partying and the work kind of merge together. But then when work starts happening for you and it starts going well, you're almost like, damn, I can't waste any of this time. You almost see the finite amount of time and the time you wasted. Absolutely. And it also just becomes less appealing. Like I'm 30 now. Uh, and I don't know when you're in your 20s, your early 20s, your mid 20s, like partying, getting fucked up is it's like it seems like it's the world and kind of the most appealing thing. Very few people stray away from that. Uh, and you figure out like I figured out my goals and what I want to do and who I want to be. And like not a lot of those things center around me getting messed up. Mind you, is it still fun? Yeah, I had like a big last hurrah with my buddies on New Year's Eve and it was so fucking fun. We got all fucked up and we bounced from bar to bar in these different places in Vancouver. And we like ended up on the street and it was like packed with people. and We're like dancing and having a good time. Is it fun? Fuck yes, it's fun. But I do need to recognize what I'm losing versus what I'm gaining and and try to like I don't I'm not going to say I'll never drink again, but supplement it into my life a lot less. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, because it has less appeal. I don't know, sleeping with some random chick now. It's like, uh, how many times are you going to do that before you it's like, what are you going to fuck every girl? You're going to fuck yeah. them all? Like, <laughs> when does it stop? Yeah. yeah. And for me, it's almost like, all right, then I know the next morning I'm either going to be tired or have to deal with it. So yeah. why? I don't see. I'm 25 now, but from 18 to like 23 were my like. You're I don't know. I just went ham. Out. I just went ham. Yeah. Like even with mushrooms, it's funny. Like I love psychedelics for whatever, but I went ham with mushrooms. So now I have to be it has to be like a special occasion. Yeah, can't just no, be like, I, it's a Wednesday, let me trip, you know? Yeah, I'm a big fan of psychedelics. I think psychedelics are like one of the best things people can do. I think they help you confront a lot of those things that maybe you're, you, like if you're in a social situation and you have anxiety and you're like, why do I have anxiety? You, It's very hard to come to the conclusion of uh, of why that's happening. You ever wake up and have one of those days that you just wish there was someone there to talk to or a way to just figure something out that you can't in your life. And unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual like that. But there are things to help you out, like BetterHelp. BetterHelp has therapists that are trained to help you figure out your challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has helped three million people with licensed therapists it's convenient secure accessible anywhere and a hundred percent online everyone deserves to feel their best better help makes it easier to get started as the world's largest therapy service they've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100 percent online 
all the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. It's there, right for you, right there. So get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash bucked up. That's BetterHelp, E-H-E-L-P dot com slash bucked up, B-U-C-K-E-D-U-P. Make sure to get the help that you need with better help. Let's get back into it. Um, I had an experience like that when I was high on mushrooms. I was, I did not that much. I probably did maybe like a gram and a half, but I was drinking and stuff too. And I was hanging out with buddies and, um, and we're all at this bar and this girl came up and she started talking to me and I got in this inner monologue in my head of like, you got to pick this girl up. If you don't do it, the boys are here. Like you're going to look like a fucking loser. You have no fucking game. And got in this, like this super stressed out, like self-destructive in, which is an insane way to think. And I went and I was like freaking out so much. I had to go to the bathroom. I was like, Oh, I need a break. Like, Oh, and I was looking in the mirror and then my inner monologue was like, you have no game. And then I was like, there is no game. There's no game. Game doesn't exist. But having this like realization that no matter what's like it happened with me trying to talk to a girl, but any social situation when you're hanging out with friends, you're you're trying to talk to a girl, you're just uh, you're meeting people for the first time. You sometimes you have this like anxiety to like make people try and like you or to say the right thing. And I had this realization on mushrooms that that doesn't exist. There's no perfect thing you're going to say at any time. There is only just kind of being natural in the situation, just talking freely and enjoying yourself. And if you do that, you'll have a fucking great time. And that's that, why I like, like ugly, ugly idiots are always happy. Like yeah. <laughs> I know I am, but like when you're just dumb and you're just don't give a fuck, you're wearing fucking Walmart fucking Grinch pants, like, and you're just fucking and having fun. Like you're not thinking about it. You just have, it, it was, but that was a, a realization on mushrooms that like, I don't know if I would have, been able to get over uh, that level of social because I oh I didn't realize how much I was having social anxiety in every situation for that exact reason this this need to be a perfectionist and be on and and be the center of attention and entertain everyone and make sure everyone's having a good time and feel liked but through mushrooms it was like hey buddy like listen this is what's going on in your head don't you don't need to worry about it and I feel like it does that because you can't lie to yourself the psychedelics are in your head and they're telling you what's going on in there. Do you have you ever done like a DMT ceremony? Uh, it wasn't really a ceremony. Uh, it was me and nine buddies at uh, at a campsite, and we all smoked <laughs> DMT. Um, and you I smoked the it. pen or the real thing. The pen. Okay. Um, have you ever done I the real know. thing? What's the real like out of the bong? Yeah, like you heat it up and you like you put it in the. It's like a dab almost. Um, uh, the way we did it, this guy had done DMT a bunch of times and he put like the, this powder in the pen okay. and he had a bunch of hits for everyone. I didn't do it right though. Cause you're supposed to like hit it and inhale and hold. And I didn't hold the first hit. I only held it in, held in the second and the third hit. And I got, I saw some really intense fractals and I saw this kind of like woman that was like kind of beckoning me in to, uh, uh, some sort of like 
I all I saw was like a kaleidoscope of shit going on. And I remember just being terrified and sort of like <laughs> gripping down into my seat and being like, I am not going in there. And I never broke through like people say you break through. Um, but I did have one of my buddies said he felt like he was in a different dimension. He, he felt like he was in the lobby of a, like an interdimensional hotel. And he was just standing there going like, hello, hello. And then got like warped back. Um, but no, have you done a, the DMT ceremony? Yeah, that's what actually the whole reason I'm bringing that up is that was like, I think why I don't learn as much from mushrooms now, like that changed my life as it does everyone who says they break through whatever, but I did the yeah. ceremony and that stopped my like partying. And that's what made me just be like, you're talking about the game. I remember the, like I blast through and I, I break through and it was just kind of like I had all these things I wanted to know. And they're like, mm. if you just want to get better, then you just like get better. Like you just have to work. <laughs> like all it is is the changes. It's so simple. You know what I mean? Whenever you explain what you learn to someone who doesn't do it, they're like, yeah. But in your yeah. mind, it all clicks in that moment where it was like, oh, I was just bullshit and wasting as much time as I could. Yeah, I find there we we really like to find some sort of sophistication in life and like these higher meanings and and try to find things to be more complex than they are. But often when times have people have these psychedelic trips or people who just find certain levels of happiness, it's like broken down to very simplistic things. Like uh, I was talking to a friend and she is one of her goals is to live to be a hundred. And so she spends a lot of time studying people in like blue zones and stuff like that. And there's one researcher who she's really into. And she said that this guy says most of these people, they just are eating like pretty clean food that are like high in, in like beans and vegetables. Um, but like most importantly is like they're just very happy. Like everything they go to do they're they go to see their friends and they are very active when they do that. They have like a purpose and an enjoyment to get up every day. And that's the like the biggest through line through all of them where it's like we try to like, oh, what is happiness? I need to get a good job or a career or do this or da, da, da. And it's like, man, if you're just like hanging out with your buddies every now and again and you're like not stressing about money and like maybe you have like enough put away that you're uh, like you maybe you got like an income property and you got your place that you live and you're just kind of like hanging out it's like yeah you might be the fucking feeling the best like when i think of people who like want to become billionaires nothing against having that much drive but it just seems like if i had like a hundred million dollars even if i had uh, five million dollars and i had uh some tucked away and then maybe i had some things that were giving me like passive income and i was just like hanging out like that seems fucking sick. You go to like see your buddies on the weekend. I would just keep doing stand up, and then everything you're doing is kind of a passion project. And I think those finding that real simplistic parts of life are kind of the answer. Do you not want? Do, do you not see like yourself driving to be like the top of the like top of stand up? I want what I want from stand up is I want whenever they talk about the best comedians of all time, they can't not say my name, but not for a reason of like, I built this media empire. Like I see some people who comics and kudos to them. They're doing fucking great work, but some comics are like, have this like YouTube podcast, all these like separate things. So I would love to have a podcast. I like the stream I do, but I just want the quality of my standup to be so good. And just because I love creating standup, 
it's a passion of mine to keep creating and I want to take that as far as I can. But anything outside of it that feels draining, I'm not that interested in doing. Okay, yeah. And I, I understand that. I'm actually like really scared by that because all I want is to be good at stand-up. Like that's what mm -hmm. I care about. So I'm, I've been doing comedy since I was like 17, but not seriously. You know what I mean? Like when I think about serious time, it's like, yeah. all right, four years. But yeah. now it's like, oh shit, I'm getting like, a, a, next week I'm headlining House of Comedy in Detroit. And mm -hmm. it's like, but I'm a four-year comic. Like I have to, I want my standup to be good enough for the like people I bring in. And yeah. that's even like scarier in my brain than the yeah. actual act of like going and doing the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel that's... I one of the biggest things is every time I'm putting on a show is I want the audience to leave very satisfied. Like I want them to be they'll be like, that was fucking great. Like I had such a good time because I'm like, I, I don't want to let these people down. I absolutely don't want to let them down. Um, But I don't want the motivation of what I create to be making money. That's never what I want it to be. I all everything I do now is put butts in seats. Like everything, uh, the content I create, the things I'm doing outside, the new projects I see ahead of myself are all to put butts in seats so I can keep doing stand-up and keep growing my stand-up and get better and better and better at stand-up. But never ever do I want it to be like, okay, well, if I don't do as much stand up, but I work on this thing over here. I can make more money. It's like, ah, oh, fuck the money, man. I just want to fucking, I want to have enough money that I'm chilling and then just do stand up all the time. Yeah. Do you do all this other stuff so that one day you can just do stand up and get rid of all of it? I think I would always do an aspect of it because I still want to feed that audience. Like I want to respect that audience that supported me up to this point, but I would like to take my foot off the gas of it a bit. Like I would like to um, be able to have focus on stand up more. I stand up still always the center point of everything I do, but I would like to, I would like the other parts to be a little, maybe a little more streamlined, maybe hire the right people. So it's like, oh, I don't need to worry about posting. I don't need to worry about uh, digging up content. I can find people to do those things for me so I can delegate those those jobs away that uh, that I feel like aren't really artistic uh, and then just do the artistic side of everything. Do you have do you do it all yourself right now or do you have. I have a couple people who help me. So I have one guy who edits my long form uh, stand-up clips and a guy who edits my short form stand-up clips. And then I have a guy who manages my YouTube channel. And I might want to take on more of the managing the YouTube channel myself just because I feel like I delegated that away before I learned how to run, uh, uh, how to, how to run a YouTube channel. And I think I want to learn that. Yeah, because uh, I, I don't want to get too into the weeds, but YouTube shorts is like the craziest they just want you to get a lot of youtube views yeah yeah it's really crazy they just it's everyone's going for this short form content shit like tiktok the, uh, really changed the game of like the short form everything uh and i i and i i'm in loving it do you say tiktok or do would you say i remember p i wasn't even a vine person oh but fine. the yeah, average yeah. person the average person like they thought they were a comedian like vine changed the average person's view of comedy almost yeah i think a vine i wasn't a big vine guy i know like some of the famous vines but i never like downloaded vine or had vine on my phone or anything like that yeah. um 
I think Vine obviously set the stage for TikTok. TikTok doesn't exist without Vine. Um, and uh, so many of those Vine guys, like, I mean, Jake Paul was a Vine guy. Like, King Bach was a Vine guy. Like, a lot of these guys who were, like, huge afterwards were, like, catapulted off of Vine. Um, but I do think TikTok just made it so much more viable. I think a lot of things kind of went together really well. Like the the pandemic helped TikTok a lot. It allowed it to explode yeah. and everything. Um, but I think it just changed uh, a, a social media world that was maybe a little bit stagnant. And I, like, cause I didn't use Vine enough. I can't speak to like their algorithm or anything like that. But I know on other platforms, it was kind of like you bring an audience for somewhere else or to grow on Instagram and stuff was like a little hard. It was like, maybe you're famous outside of something. You're like got a TV show and then you got Instagram followers off of that. Now organic reach is one of the most viable tools on all these platforms. So you post something, it goes out to people who've never seen it before and then they can judge it. And based on their interaction with it, it, it gets valued in the algorithm. And that just, that's what TikTok brought to the table was your ability to go from zero to a million, million plus followers without needing any sort of outside support. So when you start it off, do you make a like, do you set a business plan and you're like, this is what I'm going to do to get big? Or do you just have a couple of videos go viral? So uh, everything I do, I try to, um, as much as I said before, eventually I would like to scale back and focus on stand-up more. That's just because I love stand-up so much. But the creation side of all these things has given me so much drive because one thing I really like to do is learn and I like to educate myself on these things. When I start creating on a platform, like that's what I did this morning before we did this podcast, I walked on the beach and as I was walking on the beach, I was listening to um, different YouTube channels break down how to perform better on shorts and uh, TikTok and Instagram. Because I find educating yourselves on these things and then implementing those things and then seeing what works and what doesn't and like the fine tuning of learning and and doing is my favorite part of creation. And it's really my favorite part of stand-up too. My favorite part of stand-up is writing a joke, bringing it on stage and you have all these pieces of the joke and then you, you're you trying them out. You're doing them, you're doing them, doing them. Some work, some don't. And then you take away the pieces that don't work and then you retool that part of life and in, in, uh, different aspects is really what gives me a lot of drive. That's so, I, I'm real. I wish like, I, that's what I'm trying to be because it's funny. The same thing I like about stand-up is the like it's not even the opposite but it's like the energy of it that's like mm -hmm. i like i don't know like i always liked the people i wish i could learn more it might be the it might be the weed thing but it's like i like <laughs> the energy of it like for stand-up i don't think about it like that mechanical i liked the like storytellers yeah the, yeah uh, and everyone has their different approach to it um but that's a really I, smart way to see i like the energy of it so like all right when i think about it i think about like oh when was the moment that it came into your head to start doing these tiktoks and what yeah. did that what story did that lead to you being now i don't think about it like okay you study this you learn it's like then you get the what are the the, the degree and then you learn and it's more of like a science to it i love the the story of it which probably yeah. isn't beneficial in the end 
No, I mean, everyone learns and creates in their own aspect, right? I think I have, my dad's an engineer and I think I just have like a mechanical brain. So I think of things like that. Like I, I see my jokes as like slots. Like I see, I'll have a bit and then I'll see all the slots where the individual parts fit in. And because when I started doing standup, my jokes were very short. I had a lot of really, really short jokes. And then I had buddies who were like storytellers and I was like, I don't really want to do a story. So I took, uh, I think it was a joke about getting too high. I was doing dabs at a show and then trying to get home and so I had this story about that and I was like hey how do I write a story joke and I was like okay we'll just break each section of the joke down into smaller chunks and then write as many jokes as you can in that chunk and then you have your slots but they all just fit together in one cohesive story so like I had the first aspect was I was getting I got high at a show was at a vapor lounge so describing the room to the people how many jokes can I write about describing this room and then being approached by the guy to do the dab the audience reaction to me doing the dab what it felt to be that high someone knocking my door Hold on one sec. I think someone's knocking. All right. <laughs> oh, hi. Sorry, not right now. Uh, no, not today. I'm okay. Thank you. This housekeeping. <laughs> so uh, just to break our great, because I really am interested in that, but I just have to, I was just in Austin doing some shows. Yeah. And, um, oh, I'm not gonna, I, yeah, I'll tell the story. I don't give a fuck. I was having... FaceTime sex with somebody nice. and housekeeping keeping just walked in. Yeah. But to housekeeping, it just looks like I'm just jerking off talking to myself, like yeah. talking my way through porn. And that was the only time I'd ever been walked in on. <laughs> I mean, that's not a a great time to be walked in on, that's for sure. You almost want to explain to the housekeeper, you're like, no, 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 there's a girl on the other end of this. Like, then, well, <laughs> I have a crazy story that is pretty criminal, but I'd like I I don't know why. I do enjoy FaceTime sex. So I was dating a girl and I was I was watching I was in the movie theater watching cats. And no nice. one else was in the movie theater. So she's like, well, I'm going to FaceTime you and we're going to have FaceTime sex while you're in the movie theater. Nice. And I did that. And while that happened, I lost my wallet. And How? so I must have fallen out of my pocket. So yeah. I'm like, the next day I go back to be like, hey, can I get my wallet? And they're like, oh, let's check the security footage. And so I didn't even, I just left. I never got my wallet back. And I went <laughs> back to that movie theater. <laughs> You're like, yeah, actually, you know what? I, I, who needs a wallet? Because <laughs> I know they were like, this dude's jerking off. Again, I can't explain I'm having FaceTime sex. Yeah. To them, I'm just jerking off. I'm Pee Wee Herman in the yeah. fucking Cats movie. Yeah, you're jerking off to cats, which is like, oh, <laughs> so weird. So weird, dude. You're jerking off to cats alone in a theater. Like, it's a bizarre as fuck. Movie, Bro, I know. I can't, like, uh, you ever been walked in on? Caught no, I've never, never anything? been walked in on. No, no, no. But never like caught the, having sex? Nope, never been caught having sex. I've always been. Uh, well, there was one time I was having sex outside, but that's kind of like the that's that was our fault. Uh, I was having sex with this girl, and there was like literally we were there was like these. It was in Mexico, and there was like these big pillars that were like on the walkway to the to this hotel. It wasn't even the hotel we we're staying at. We we're at a hotel like down the street, and 
we didn't even like really hide. We stood like behind this pillar. So literally if you walk, like just if you're on the right angle, you can see us. We weren't behind a bush, behind a building or anything. And a security guard just walking, doing his route, just saw us and was like, what the fuck? And we're like, hey, and we, you could hear like the clapping of, of flip-flops as we ran away, like click, 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 click down the fucking <laughs> the clapping. street. I thought you were saying he could hear the clapping of like the cheek. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> As we, uh, yeah, maybe you could hear the clapping of the cheeks, but man, that that's, uh, I think that's the only time I've been walked in on. Your cats thing is way crazier though. Like that headline, <laughs> that's a New York Post headline. <laughs> like pervert <laughs> masturbates to cats movie. <laughs> or cat's biggest fan ejaculates in the theater. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's going, that's viral beyond viral, man. Oh, I have to wait seven years to tell that story. <laughs> oh, why is it a is that a crime? I mean, Pee Wee didn't is that what Pee Wee Herman went to prison for jerking? Yeah, off but that was a different time. And also, I think if they can't prove it, you're fine. You can be like if you if you're telling the <laughs> story just, on stage. I would love now. Like, when did Cats come out? Two, three years ago. There's just Something a detective like scraping dried cum on yeah. the movie theater floor. Like, <laughs> like, is this Sam Buck? We're we're gonna get him. We're gonna get him. We're gonna we're gonna lock him up on this one. I I don't think a movie theater would come after you for jerking off alone in the cats theater. Um, I mean, it's like they were just fucking happy to sell tickets to cats. Really? Uh, no, I had one of those movie passes. So oh. just... <laughs> he did. This dude didn't even pay. He just wanted a dark room to jerk off with his lady friend. <laughs> That's fucking I was, funny, dude. See, I'm an addictive. I was used to be addicted to going to the movies. I would go bowling into the movies every day. That's every day? Every day, bro. Is there even enough movies to go to the movies every day? I'd go to see movies more than one time. Oh, <laughs> like, shit. You were like, you were really about it. Did you have, so you had like a pass so you could go for free? Yeah. Yeah. Was oh, like, well, yeah. You're like, I'm going to abuse the fuck out of this. Literally. I was like, I didn't have a job. I wasn't like taking, I wasn't taking stand up seriously. I was like, yeah. fuck it. Every day I'm just going to do this. Yeah. No, I honestly, dude, that seems like, like, I don't think I would do, I would live my life any different. The bowling, I don't know if I would do. I'm not a big bowler. I got but... wicked good at bowling. I had my own shoes and ball and shit. <laughs> this guy was fucking loving it. Do you know who Peter Weber is? No. Dude, Peter Weber, I fucking love. He's this bowler who uh, he's famous for this clip where he fucking hits a strike. And in the backstory on it is crazy. It's like his dad was a famous bowler and held this like all time record. And he was like now a bowler that's like kind of past his prime and older. And people are like, oh, he doesn't got it anymore. And if he hits this strike, he's like breaking his dad's record, <laughs> breaks the record. And there's this kid in the crowd chirping him and then he fucking goes off, but he's like so excited. He can't, he's not articulate. I think he says, he's like, that is why I did it. That's right. You never thought, are you kidding me? Like he just, and you, they cut to his wife and his wife's like crying in the crowd. She's like, Oh my God, he did it. Like, it's so <laughs> funny. You, if I send you this clip, you might have seen it before. It's the most famous bowling is he clip the, for like, sure. Whoever the fuck you are, I am. I am that guy. Yes, yeah, Peter yeah. Weber, dude. Yeah, all right. I do love that dude. I fucking I follow him on Instagram, and I just posted. It was like New Year's Day, and I post. I shared one of his clips on my story. I was like. There's going to be a lot of Peter Weber on my story in 2023 for no fucking reason. I was like, just <laughs> fucking... You do love the bowling. Dude, <laughs> I just love Peter Weber, dude. Peter <laughs> Weber is a G. 
on our stream when people subscribe that's the voice thing it goes it goes who do you think you are i am <laughs> <laughs> i can't bowl now like, you can't I, bowl now you lost it well i look back at it like i was smoking crack i'm like i can't go back to the alleys <laughs> like oh I'm you're like, like too addictive it, to bowling yeah it was like a dark time in my life <laughs> <laughs> It was a dark time of me when I was hitting those alleys. My family wouldn't talk to me. They're like, hey, you you keep going to that fucking bowling alley. You're out of this house. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Are you doing drugs or just bowling? <laughs> I was drinking a lot. But I was, oh, just... but I just was drinking, drinking a lot. Drinking a lot and bowling. Drinking and bowling. Dude, yeah why what was the, what was this do this is interesting as fuck so have you ever been to outlet you ever been to cape cod have you ever heard of cape uh, no cod? no it's like off of massachusetts it's like okay it's a summer destination but during the winter there's nothing to do okay so like all you could do is like everyone's addicted to heroin there but i'm not this gonna do so heroin boring. so i'll yeah. just go bowl every day so that's where you're from you're from cape cod yeah yeah i'm from cape cod so you grew up in Cape Cod and it was so boring that you had to bowl and drink and see movies on repeat just to fucking numb existence. <laughs> just to oh, not do heroin. <laughs> wow, dude. Those were your options. It's like bowl your fucking life away or do heroin. Bowl <laughs> my fucking life away. There's so God. many of those things. Think about how people who aren't like crazy like us spend most of their nights. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like, it is like what do normal important. people what do normal people do during their nights? I think a lot of people get caught up in like the kind of nine to five grind and they do that and then they come home and they I don't know, they hang out with their kids, maybe their kids or their life, or they they have they watch TV. Like I think a lot of people get caught up in that. But I also do think a lot of people, whether they're nine to fivers or not, have something on the side that they that they really love. Like it maybe it's not stand-up or they don't want to turn it into a career, but like maybe they got a really nice garden and they're getting really into planting different stuff. And they're like, I'm gonna grow this, and they get invested in like getting their own fruits and vegetables and like and making that kind of stuff or maybe they're like into knitting or something i think a lot of people have things that they don't necessarily want to take to a professional level but give them purpose do you have something you love that you wouldn't push to make like a career um i i mean i love video games i but i do stream i do stream and i would love to get paid to play video games i never would put the time in to be professionally good the appeal of us of me i stream with another comedian cameron phoenix hilarious dude um the appeal of our stream is the comedic aspect is that we're riffing and fucking around and having a good time it's not our skills as gamers i am not a skilled gamer i think if i put a lot of time in and i i educated myself in whatever say if i wanted to get good at like elden ring fucking pvp i could watch youtube videos in the same way educate myself on how to get better at creating content i could do that for something else i just don't have the drive to uh, I mean, I would love to, but there's too many other things that are more important that stand in front. But maybe like I was talking to you before, maybe once I get to that point in stand up where like tickets are selling themselves, I don't need to focus so much on promo because people, people know when I'm coming out and they're dying to see me. I sell out everywhere I go. When I get to that point, I'll take the gas off of, uh, I'll take the foot off the gas off of, uh, making content so much. And maybe I'll start trying to get real good at like fucking Pokemon or some shit. You can't like, I don't even enjoy online 
online games anymore because people are too good. Like, see the what I thought about. I thought because I do. I kind of before I die, I want to. There's a couple things I want to do gaming wise because I love video games so much. I get number one on Warzone. On Warzone, yeah, number one on Warzone. (laughs) Stuff like that isn't too appealing to me. Also, you need like, uh there's like a Twitch reaction element to it. And also like a lot of map studying that goes into it that I don't find fun as a gamer. Yeah. Um, I just like I story would, games, like games uh, of a dope ass story. Yeah. I'm way more of a single player gamer, but st- something I want to do is I want to go back and I want to play the top 25 um, Nintendo games from each console. Cause I feel like Nintendo is one of the greatest developers of all time. They've really, I've really neglected their games. I've played a bunch of them, but not enough. And I also want to get very good at one game. And I think it's going to be Pokemon because Pokemon's all strategy and like farming. and doesn't require any like Twitch reactions. It's all like planning. So you can just like educate yourself. And I think I can get very good at that game. Just educating myself and uh, playing generation after generation. You can do that as a fucking old person, just like whoop ass and just like demolish some kids playing. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, it's so tough for me. Like I just, all right, like I'm playing this game Midnight Suns right now. Yep. It's on PS5. It's like yeah, it's a the strategy Marvel one, game. Right? Yeah. Have you played it? I haven't played it, but I know it's like kind of like a card battler. Like it's like Marvel XCOM game. or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And that's beside the point. I don't want people to think this is boring, but <laughs> I love the actual gameplay of it. But literally you're going on date like like not to be rude but you're going on like gay dates with spider-man yeah and then you have to like go talk to this person about like their birthday party and yeah. it's like i don't give a just let me play the game like i did hear some there's nothing wrong about, about being gay with spider-man that's not the point but you're I'm like saying. you're like that that sort of um i can't remember what it's called like uh uh like that sim part they, they're really prevalent like the persona games and stuff like building relationships with different characters like i don't have fucking any interest in this part of the game no i just want to uh, i just want to pick the game up when i'm off the road because i'm not traveling with my ps5 yeah you know so i just want to be able to play it for a few hours and put it down yes and i do i completely agree with you on that but that's just video games some games are going to be ambitious in other ways and they're going to try and create things that not everyone likes and uh the good thing is that you can go play like XCOM or something like that and you'll get that more of that just tight experience there won't be marvel characters in it though are you on or off porn right now (laughs) i'm off porn right now i'm off porn uh because i was just back home visiting uh family so that's a great time to do a porn detox so (laughs) yeah you get yeah yeah, I haven't watched porn in when did I get home? I got home on the 20th of December. So that what I probably last time I don't know if I watched porn on the 19th. So it might have been the like the 18th or the I don't even know if I I didn't watch porn on the 18th either. So it's probably like December, I would say December 15th is maybe the last time I watched porn and it's January 3rd right now. Wow. So it's, I'm, I'm on a good break and I think I can keep it's the thing is just keeping it. The first few days are the hardest part, but having the motivator of being around family makes it super easy to not watch porn. But then once you're off porn, cause like trying to jerk off off porn uh, for the first like week is like, you, you can't, your dick's like, well, I don't want to do this. He's like, what the fuck is this? But then when you see you get past that hump, you can just jerk off off of thoughts again. And that's fucking you're in. Then it's like, okay, I don't even need to go back to porn. Like I'm on a DMT trip right now. Yeah. 
And then also I was, I last girl I hooked up with, I hooked up with a girl in Vancouver. I was like, Oh my God, sex is fucking way better when you're not like watching porn all the time. <laughs> See the, the, it, that's why I had to delete TikTok. Like I can't TikTok would just show me asses all the time. Like I'd yeah. be like, this is an hour of asses. And then I'd yeah. just be like, who said, I forget who said it, but it was like TikTok is like the appetizer to porn or something. <laughs> <laughs> so like the it entree is a- that is porn like you're like all right i'll watch this and that'll get me ready mm-hmm. for yes. the real thing but a you lot turned- of it is like porn light yeah yeah but you fucking you use that and you turned it to a good thing oh yeah yeah i flipped that into into creating content um yeah no i flipped that creating content in a big way most of the and i noticed on like instagram and facebook people eat that up like crazy dude um everyone's horny on facebook Oh, everyone's horny on Facebook. And uh, one thing about uh, creating content is that people forget that Facebook is still like, I don't know, there's 500 million to a billion people still on Facebook and they're still using it and they still buy tickets. Like I've been growing on Facebook faster than any other platform right now. Like I'm, uh, I think I'm, I hit over 100,000 followers on Facebook. That's like, crazy. Well, I didn't even re- my dumbest clip I've ever posted from my podcast went like viral on Facebook and I didn't even yeah. know about it. I was like, yeah, and I don't even post most of my clips on Facebook, but I'm like, damn, maybe I should. You can set it up. So your Instagram or like everything you post to Instagram automatically posts to Facebook. And that's what I do. So it's just like I don't even have to think about it. I'm posting every time I post on on insta it's a facebook post and it's just that way i'm doing both platforms simultaneously and i go and check up on my uh, facebook every now and again to see how it's doing uh but it's kind of out of sight out of mind and just self-running now i wish i could do that for more platforms actually what was the first time you went viral uh and then the first uh, time you got viral um <laughs> i uh, <laughs> i went viral um there was this tiktok video of a girl it was like a really popular video it got shared not like my version of it but just this video was like stitched and used a ton of times it was this girl in a bathroom with like 12 black dudes behind her some like white chick and like all the dudes are doing something different one dude's like eating fucking ice cream another dude's like fucking combing out his hair but uh, the implication is all these dudes are gonna fuck this girl that's the implication of the video and i think in the video i said um i was like you're gonna find out really quickly of the pecking order of this friend group who the top dog is and um, if you can fucking lay it down in front of your boys, because that's a high pressure situation. You got your dick out. All your friends got their dicks out. Do you have what it takes to do the job? And that clip went fucking that blew up. And that was the first clip where I was like, OK, I can do. You this. have that memorized, too. You you have that. <laughs> I've, I've seen it so many times. I didn't do it word for word, but I, I've wa- I've had it sent to me and rewatched it a bunch of times just to see. I go back to it every now and again because I find um it's like i think about it i boxed when i was a kid and i think about like sometimes you get trying to do too fancy with shit you're like okay i'm gonna do this like shuffle step and like step aside and do all this stuff and then maybe you start getting tagged again and so like maybe you start losing your views if i was going to make the parallel and it's like hey you got to go back to fundamentals the fundamentals Mm. the jab straight right so it's like fundamentals of what made this funny maybe i'm looking too hard like i i got a hook or a type of video that went viral and i kept doing that kind of video over and over again and then it loses steam 
And then I'm trying some other stuff. And then I, I'm looking at what other creators are doing. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should change my content to be more similar to that. It's like, okay, no, no, no. Go back to the fundamentals. What was funny about this? It was a unique observation and you making jokes. That's it. And it's like, okay, back to fundamentals. Let's start from there again and start creating content like that again. And that happens like, because the algorithm's constantly changing. I find that happens like every six months or so where it's like, oh, my views are shit. Okay, let's go back to fundamentals. That's crazy. Okay. When was the first time you had the idea of ever doing this? Uh, oof. It was, uh, we were, it was COVID and we went to go do a weekend, meet a couple buddies at this comedy club in Kingston, Ontario. Um, and one of my buddies was filming TikToks and he was getting like, he wasn't doing crazy views, but he was getting like 3000 views, 10,000 views on his TikToks. And I was like, man, nothing I'm creating is getting 10,000 views or even 3000 views. So I was like, Oh, this is totally worth it. Cause like the whole weekend of shows, the room wasn't very big. I think the room sat like a hundred people and it wasn't full every night. And I think we did like five shows. So at max, there's 500 people who are going to see you. I'm like, we can, I can make something. And I also saw the, how much effort it took. It was so low effort. I didn't need a fancy camera. I didn't need good lighting. I didn't need any. I just needed a phone. And I was like, all right, well, super low effort. I can make a bunch of these videos uh, easily. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing this. Uh, and then I worked for a YouTube channel at the time. There was a couple of people there that were younger who like knew TikTok a little better. And I asked them, I was like, okay, what should I do? What's this? What blah, 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 blah. And I started asking them all these questions about TikTok. And then... Uh, I started studying TikTok and then I was like spending just as much time studying it as I was creating the content. I was spending an hour a day studying, an hour a day making content. And th and I also wasn't doing stand-up at this time because we went and did the show out in Kingston, but everything in Toronto was closed. Like the lockdowns in Ontario were like super long and there was like no stand-up going on. So I had all this extra time. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to fucking crank out TikTok's like crazy. And that was kind of the motivator was like seeing how many people you could reach for how little effort it took to create the content. That's so what was that like three years ago? That would have been December 2020. So a, a two, just a little over two years ago. Isn't that cool to see what can happen in two years of dedication? Yeah. The first year of me creating TikToks, I posted six times a day, every single day. So it's like, yeah. So I, uh, I went, I went hard. I went hard. Like I, I didn't. I feel you. I was. I feel you. That's what you yeah. have to do. Yeah. No, that's what you got to be on it. And that's why, like this break over the holidays, I was still posting and stuff, but still felt very guilty. Um, because it's been two years of posting hard on TikTok, but it's been ten years of doing stand up and like grinding through the holidays on. Like I, this is my first time coming home for Christmas in ten years, and I would just be out doing shows up until like Christmas, and then sometimes someone would throw together like a little uh like comedian orphan Christmas show, and I would go do that. Um. But uh, that is kind of what you have to do. And you see it like you you're you're running your podcast, your podcast is doing really well, you're you're growing your audience. Um, and you see people who are not you see people who are not putting in the work who are not making it happen. And the reasons why and it becomes like pretty clear very quickly that it there's people who are like taking the time to work every day and put in the time. And then there's people who kind of do it here and there, or they'll ask for your advice and then they won't use it and they don't make it. And then maybe they complain or maybe they don't, but it, it's, it's, it is clear. Just, you just really got to put in the time. 
And I think people probably don't even realize that with you. Cause I did like six times a day, every day for whatever, however long that's like, there's a reason that you have what you have. And that kind of, you hear the, like everyone gets what they deserve type thing. It's like, Oh shit. Now I'm motivated to be like, damn, I'm not doing shit, but I think that's in a good way. I think that's inspirational too, because you're still having fun. Like it doesn't look like you're bogged down by life when you're, doing your content you seem to be enjoying it no i'm definitely enjoying it and uh i think a, an important part of it is i learned this i was a, i was a scuba diving instructor for a little bit um and i saw kind of any around year two or three of people being a scuba diving instructor they really kind of started to get sour on the job and it was there's like several different levels of uh, that system. You have like your open water instructor, which takes like your very first divers and teaches them how to dive. Then you have like a master instructor, which teaches people who, who are certified, but like how to get specialty things. And then there was like some ranks above that. And then there was like the person who teaches people how to become instructors. And it was a very like tiered system. It was kind of like pyramid schemey. But, uh, but seeing that, I saw that people who never left the open water level were the ones who got very frustrated. Because what's happening is you're encountering the same problems over and over again. You have these divers who are like kicking the reef or can't swim or can't balance the, their buoyancy in the water. And at first, those challenges are interesting and they're, they're challenging and you're having fun working people through them. After two or three years of doing the same, encountering the same problems over and over again, they're now frustrating and annoying. So as long as you keep uh, bringing new life into your challenges then it's fun. Like now it's like, I'm looking to grow my Twitch and my YouTube and figuring out how to make those clips work. Well, I'm looking at my Reddit and my Twitter. And like, these are new platforms that I don't know very well, but they're new challenges that make creating content and make creation fun. And stand up has always been new challenges for me without any need to consciously try find, to find something new because you're always doing new shows. You're going on the road, you're doing, you're like, I, it just has happened that I get these challenges brought to me through standup. That's what keeps you. Is it just the mindset you were born with? That's how you were born. Or when you, when you feel yourself start to lack, do you teach yourself to keep going? Um, I honestly, I just, I had that realization through the scuba diving stuff. And then I just understood that whatever I was pursuing in life, I had to find a way to keep bringing in new challenges to make it fun. Cause that's what keeps life interesting. Doing the same mundane, mundane thing every day. Very few people. I mean, I don't know if I should say very few. I don't know. There maybe is a, a ton of people who can do that and feel satisfied, but I can't, I think maybe I'm just too ADD or a little too, uh, whatever is going on in my brain, I need different types of stimulation after a certain period of time. Once I feel like I've got a handle on something, I want something new to make it fun and interesting again. Are you a happy person? Yeah, I think I'm a very happy person. Always feel, uh, grew up that way? Yeah, I've always been very, very positive. I think I was very anxious and insecure for a long time. And I think mushrooms helped me work through that a lot. Um, but, uh, I think I've always been very positive. Like, um, I saw some breakdown someone did recently. If you were born in the 1900s, you would have like seen 
World War One at this age, and then the Great, De- uh, then World War Two, then the Great Depression, and like they list how many people died. Then it would have been the Korean War, and then uh, there were like um, fucking what was it called, the Spanish Flu, like all these like horrific events happen in your time frame. And when I look at my life, I'm like, no, it's all been pretty good. I don't have a lot to be upset about. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm not trying to say that if you are upset that you're wrong or something. I'm just looking from my own perspective. Uh, But I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm very fortunate in my life to, to be born in the time I was and to encounter as little, um, I guess like uh, overarching disaster. There hasn't been a war where 75 million people died and I maybe was sucked into it and had to watch my friends die or stayed at home and they didn't come back or whatever it was. I didn't have to experience that. So I, I try to keep a perspective on that and just understand that I am fortunate for those things. And it keeps me very positive. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's kind of always been my outlook. You do break everything down into like the technical, how it actually is, not like uh, I, I'm a very um, foo foo. Yeah, I'm very tangible. Like if something you, isn't tangible. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I'm just very tangible in everything. If I can see it and touch it, and it, it needs to make sense to me, and then then I can process it. I'm sorry, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna ask, did when you did psychedelics, did you have any like? like spiritual awakenings are you spiritual at all from that i just want to i'm not really i'm very i'm what's it called i I, um agnostic like i'm like Uh i have no clue i'm like um that's my answer to that is i don't know and i kind of um i guess reject anyone who says they have answers like any like any type of belief system like whether it's a religious belief system that says this is what happens after you die or it's astrology and it's like, oh, this is who you are. This is who your friends should be. This is you, who you'd fall in love with. There's simulation theory that's like, oh, this is what reality is. We don't have answers to any of these things. There's people who maybe think like this. There's very smart people who, who stand by simulation theory. But there was also very smart people hundreds of years ago who thought the earth was flat or who thought this or who thought that, thought that they had the answers. Uh, um, and, and they didn't. And I think... People saying that they have the answers to these things uh, gives you a sense of comfortability because uh, realizing that you do not know is frightening. So unlike coming to terms with that, you have no clue what will happen after you die. You have no clue who you are even supposed to be. You have to do a lot of self-exploration to discover what you like, what you don't like, what you find funny, um, what uh, what you want to do with your life and then even when you discover those things maybe you're on a path that isn't that and then you have to change your trajectory with which is another challenge which is frightening all these things are scary and having belief systems these people are selling you that they have the answers to those things which gives you a huge sense of security and if that's what people want that's fine but i find my i find a lot of security in just going like i don't fucking know I just accept that I don't know a lot of these things that, and like for learning who I am, that I have to do the self-exploration that I won't know what happens after I die, that I don't know what reality is or why it exists. And if simulation theory is real, what does it even matter? What are you going to break out of the simulation? You're just going to fucking keep living in it. So I, some of the things I find redundant, some of these belief systems I find redundant because you don't change how you operate at all. 
Um, and the others I think are just forms of comfortability that I, I don't, I don't think they make me feel comfortable. They, I think what makes me feel comfortable is accepting that I don't know. And it gives me a sense of peace knowing that I'll just die one day. And learning what you can. Yeah. You just learn what you can. And you, you, you try know, to you wanted to be a stand up. Uh, I didn't know until, uh, like I consumed a ton of comedy as, uh, as like a teenager, uh, like a lot, like I watched it like a comedy central or I was, I think in Canada, we had comedy network, which was the same thing, but just the Canadian version, more Canadians were on it. Uh, and I just watched a ton of that. Like, I can't even tell you, I, that was just something I had on repeat. And then once I started doing it, it was the first thing I ever felt I could be great at. And I was like, oh, if I really pursue this. And I also had never worked at anything. Uh, and when I started doing it, I remember something my dad said to me, which was, you come home every day from school and you put your bag in the corner and you get C's. Imagine who you could be if you tried. And then when I was started doing stand-up, I was like, okay, well, I'm really going to try this. I'm going to write. I'm going to get on stage a lot. I'm going to try. And since then, I've been like, when I do actively try at something, I can hit a level of potential that I couldn't before. And I think if I was just someone who coasted through life, I could have like a whatever job and live a whatever life and do a whatever thing. But it is more exciting to see what I could accomplish when I really try to be the best I can be, which is a huge motivator of like stopping drinking and stopping doing drugs because I feel like now those are uh, slowing me down. Why'd you try the first time? Um, my brother started doing it and uh, I I didn't know you could just do stand up. I thought because uh, everything you see when you're watching TV, it's like packed rooms with famous comedians. I thought uh, stand up was a byproduct of being famous. I didn't realize you do stand up as the skill. Um, uh, and my brother started doing it and I, and he, I was like, what do you mean you're doing? It? And he's like, oh, he's like, oh yeah, you can just go to open mics. And I was like, what? And I had done public speaking in high school and even elementary school. And I had made them like funny speeches, um, but then never took it anywhere from there. Uh, and then I, um, and then I started writing jokes with the intention of sending them to my brother. Cause I was living in Mexico at the time. And I wrote enough material that I was like, why don't I just do it? And then I just went and did it. You didn't have grandiose dreams of even what you have going on right now? No, I like it where I currently at stand up wise, financially, all these things like how many tickets I can sell and all that kind of stuff is beyond. I never thought about it. I never thought like, oh, I'm going to do this venue and sell this many tickets and do this and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I just am going to work and get funnier. And that's it. That's it. It's just like, write every day, get funnier. And that's what the goal has always just been to be considered. Like I want something I would always tell myself. It's like, I want people to be, to be afraid to follow me. Did you know you're going to be successful in whatever it was when you were young? No, I had no motivation as a kid. I like, I had, I cared about nothing. There was a few things I cared about. Like my home life wasn't like when it's when I hear it compared to a lot of other people, my home life was great. Like my parents were never like they never hit us. They uh, we had like most of the things we wanted. We were a middle class family, but they were struggling a bit and their marriage wasn't great. And they fought all the time and they took a lot of their anger out on us just, uh, verbally. Um, and nothing I kind of had, anything I kind of had passion for kind of just died with like any sort of like self-worth I had, which I had to like rejuvenate after I left 
home because I like we would get called stupid all the time. We were idiots, blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of wears you down as a kid. And you're just kind of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not really interested in anything. The only things I was really interested in was I was kind of interested in art as a kid um and like drawing and then that fell away and then i loved video games but my parents hated video games so anytime i was like playing them or like do talking about them or doing anything with them it was stupid and worthless and shitty and so like pursuing anything in that world was never something i ever perceived it was just something that i held on to because i was very passionate about it uh, so I had no motivation to do anything. The only thing I really had motivation to do was to leave my house because I felt it was just like a very oppressive, shitty environment. I didn't really have a relationship with my parents. Um, and then once I got out, which I think is an important thing for a lot of people to do, I think a lot of people should travel and leave their hometown because I think high school can be a very conformative environment because you're a teen and like being outcast is one of the worst possible things that can happen to you. So if you leave, you can get the opportunity to kind of be yourself. And then through that, through leaving my house and traveling and and seeing different places, I felt like I got the opportunity to truly be myself. And through that, found passion and found interesting things and started doing self-exploration where I was looking into myself and seeing what I was, what I wanted to change about myself, my insecurities and my fears and these kind of things. And then all those things kind of snowballed into me doing stand-up and thinking I could be great at this. I was going home for the first time in 10 years. Oh, it was fine. Like I had been, I had been home since then. I've, I had been home. I, this is my first time going home for Christmas, but yeah, I had visited, yeah, visited yeah. home several times. How do they, do they, this. how do they feel about what you do? Oh, they, yeah. Everyone's very supportive, but I've also always been very like, if, if my parents, if like the video games were a great example where my parents are like, this is fucking stupid. And I was like, well, I don't care. I like video games. So I just keep playing video games. If someone tells me uh, that they don't like what I'm doing, I'm very rarely going to shift off of it. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I like it. And so I'll just keep doing it. I was like, that's great that you don't, but I, I have to live this life. It's like, I think it's very strange, like to get, the to like if you like you look at some of the restrictions like like uh the the abortion rights thing is a perfect example of this it's like people who don't even can't even have kids or like you can't you have to have this kid but then they have the kid and then you fuck off you just you make this rule that they have to do that and then they have to carry this kid around and raise it and live the life and that's uh, that's a very extreme version of trying to compare that to what i'm talking about but anytime someone has told me you have to be this kind of person. You have to do this. I'm like, well, I got to live the life. I got to do it. And you're just telling me to do it because you think that advice is good. But I know what I like. I, I'm in here every day. I'm in my brain and I, I, I eat the food I like and I live, talk to the people I like and I watch the things I like. And you're just here for a snippet trying to tell me what to do. And then after you tell me what to do, if I do it, you don't even take accountability for it. I have to keep fucking doing the thing. So I've always just been like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want because I'm the only one who has to do it. Man, this was dope as hell. And you deserve all the success you have and are going to get from keeping doing what you're doing. And Thanks, it's man. I really do appreciate your time. Thanks, man. I appreciate you as well. This was very fun. I had a great time. This was dope as hell. Thank you for spending your uh, day in Hawaii in the bathroom talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, go enjoy that. Uh, people can find your shit below. I, yeah, I really uh, on all platforms. If you want to find me on Twitch, it's Little Dinky News. Uh, everything else is Chaderena. But yeah, thank you guys.
Awesome. Man, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.